0: Welcome back to the Paranorm Girl Podcast. I am your host, Kristen. By a show of hands, who here has lived in a haunted house? Okay, quite a few of you out there. Who here has lived in that house for over a decade because you couldn't afford to leave? Huh. a few of you still. All right, let's up the ante. Who here has lived a haunted life? run through crowds of shadow people, stared into the glowing eyes of tall cryptic creatures, been yanked from bed by an unseen force, and lived to tell the tale. Today's guest has. Not only has he lived to tell the tale, he has put that tale to page and joins us today to share his story. Today's episode is brought to you by Manscaped. ladies. We all know it's hot girl summer. But what kind of summer is your fella having? If he isn't participating in smooth sack summer, then what is he even doing? When you're out playing in the summer sun, make sure he's scaped down there. That's right. This is the summer to keep his boys cool while still looking hot with Manscaped. The leader in below-the-waist grooming is making sure we all have a ball this summer by giving our pantsed partners everything they need to stay fresh. So dive head first into Smooth Sack Summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off, plus free shipping with the code PNG. The Performance Package 4.0 comes with everything needed to prepare that summer bod. It comes with the lawnmower 4.0. You want to know the great thing about this trimmer? You both can use it! You ever hear of those couples who are together so long that they start dressing the same. Same idea. Trimmed twinsies. <laughs> I, I like it. <laughs> Y'all are so romantic. It was meant to be. The performance package also comes with the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer. The Crop Preserver deodorant. Crop Reviver toner. I really missed out on an opportunity here with the Crop Circle episodes the performance boxer briefs, and a cool travel case that holds all them goodies. So give him the gift of looking, feeling, and smelling great. And get 20% off plus free shipping with the code PNG at manscaped.com. That is 20% off plus free shipping with the code PNG at manscaped.com. Having the right tools for grooming is essential. Do yourself and your man a favor help him upgrade his self-care. My guest is the author of Dead Watching, which is a true story of personal encounters with the supernatural. Since childhood, Robbie Daniels has understood that we are never truly alone. At times odd, scary, inexplicable, and often dark, His tale begins at an early age and culminates in his family's experience sharing their home of over 10 years with paranormal entities. So check beneath your bed, shut the closet door, secure all feet beneath the safety of your blanket, and please enjoy my conversation with Robbie Daniels.
1: Pacific Northwest now um and I moved here three years ago in, in 2020 um for a position at the hospital I work at Colfax Whitman Whitman Hospital and medical clinics and uh, brought my family t- tagged my family along uh two two of my children were still in the home and they wanted to come with us so we we brought them to it I say that because I'm a stepfather um but they they wanted to stay with their family and so we brought those kids with us my wife and I and um uh, both have since found their mates so it's really funny one of us married one of them will be married next month so so we really really was a positive for us moving to the pacific northwest um we love it in washington I am a 57 year old author. Um, author of two books. So that dead, dead watching is my is the reality book. It's uh, everything, and I always tell folks that buy the book, it's 100 real. Everything in the book is real, um, and it works out really well because some of the people that that read the book, I've had a couple people that that um, have read the book and have had to stop reading the book. So it's funny how some people don't buy in as much until they really really see the see the fantasy turn into real life. Um, I do have another book. I started in uh, 2007 um, when I was attending my bachelor's degree and wrote wrote a zombie book before zombies ever became a thing. Um, it's called Them, and that's out there also. But uh, but dead watching is is the true, real, real deal, and so it's really cool. Um, and and one of the things uh, about me is is I you know I don't pull any punches, so I I did put in the book a disclaimer. If you have a problem reading scary stuff or or things that are real, you know, stay away from the book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know what that what you said there. Um, for anyone not familiar with uh, you know, how how drastic paranormal experiences can go, it can be very difficult to believe some of these stories because I mean I do, <laughs> because I've been there. Um, but some of these are just they're straight out of a, a horror film. Some of these are are truly scary. Um, and, uh, and you're, you're still with us. So that's, that's good. <laughs> good sign. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, well, let's, let's get right into it, because uh, we are ultimately going to talk about uh, a big section of this book has to do with your family living in a particular home for over 10 years. And the question that you ask in the book and that you say that other people have asked you frequently is, why did you stay? So we're going to lead up to that, give our listeners a little teaser. Uh, Before that, though, we've got a lot to cover. Go ahead and uh, give us a little taste of what you were experiencing from childhood. What kind of experiences did you have?
1: okay um in the book I, I you know i added those experiences i had a couple of experiences that were pretty traumatic um and, and i actually had to ask my brother to make sure that maybe i didn't just dream some of those things because as you live these kind of things some of those things you you have nightmares and you have things like that but but my father and my, my brother um we both started experiencing stuff at a young age um and and we still talk about those things today um i my father was an avid hunter and and We would go and camp out overnight in in six different areas but there's a there's a portion in the book that i really start off with the scary part um in crooked creek cemetery and that that part of the book is uh where we would go camping and my father would take uh, us kids and he'd go do things And, and this particular night I don't know, and it relates well to the Pacific Northwest, because I don't know if it was a Bigfoot creature or, at this day, what that creature was. But we were camping in a, in a tent, and I literally woke up. I'm, I'm an asthmatic, and which is why I moved to the Pacific Northwest. And I woke up with something startling me. Um, I, I have an asthma, I had an asthma attack, and I was using my medicine. And, and something walked down the hill. We're at Crooked Creek Cemetery, which is about five to six miles out of town, in the middle of nowhere. Um, I mean, it's really the scariest place. If I, I wouldn't go today for anything, there's no way. Uh, and I've driven by that place. It's in Paris, Tennessee, but I've dri- or Big Sandy, Tennessee, which is close to Paris. Um, but I've driven by that area a couple of times since, and I would never even go down the road. That's how scary that area is, but it's a real, really old cemetery. Um, and then you go down to the lake, you take a, take about a quarter of a mile drive straight down. You have to have a, a four-wheel drive to go down, but it's in an area no one would be out there walking, hunting, anything. So, um, this creature, whatever it was, woke me up in the middle of the night and stared dead at me with, with, uh, with glowing eyes. So, um, I was so scared. I was, the kids were in the camp, the, the tent with me, but nobody woke up because I was obviously the only one awake looking for my med- medicine at that point. It it looked at me in the old days, and and those were about I'm going to say the eight early, early late seventies. Um, I think late seventies probably is where it was, but they um you know those tents had roll up mosquito windows, and for older viewers they'll they'll realize that th- those were something. But it it was face to face, and I'm going to say within a couple feet from me, uh, I couldn't make it out because I was still half asleep. But it turned it watched me for about 10 seconds maybe a little shorter and it turned around and walked back up the hill and so what i mean by that it just went out of the middle of nowhere um it had to be a tall creature i was laying on a cot an army cot um and i had won that night we had all had a drawing um to see who would win to sleep on the cot the rest of the kids had to sleep on the floor and it was about four kids there and i won but did i really win you know (laughs) because i was face to face with this creature so so anyway that was that was the initial start of the the i guess the the terror things that had happened in my life um and then the next one these are the couple events that i want to talk about before the book that really really set me in motion to to believe in the the cult or the supernatural or whatever this is um but my we we lived in a home. My mother and father had separated and they um, finally divorced. Um, but we lived in this home and we were painting my room at one night. We, it was a three-bedroom house. My dad had one room and then uh, my brother and I, we were actually sleeping in the same bed, which is really weird. We were young, but we were sleeping in the bed because I had to have my, my, um, my room that was being fumigated and painted. And so we all remember this as vividly as possible. Um, my father had something had come up on him in the middle of the night. And I can only tell you in the book uh, the things that he described to us at that point, and and to this day we can tell you the same story. All three of us, let's we're letting you know that it's real real deal. But we had there we had a couple things in this house that happened over the few years there. This wasn't the same house, but here's the funny part: this house is in the same neighborhood as the home that I talk about in Dead Watching. So really incredible. But my we had, we only heard we never saw the creature, but my dad woke up in the middle of the night. Um, he woke up, uh, after we heard, and his name was Bob and we heard something, a creature or something from, and I, I heard it before my brother It woke him up after me, but, but it literally said, Bob, and it was the deepest bass voice you've ever heard in your entire life. Um, it was scary, scary. And it said it a couple of times. Then I heard my dad, um, breach his shotgun. So I knew that at that point something, so we felt like somebody was in the house, to be honest with you. Uh, my dad gets up and comes and opens the door and says, boys, did you see anything or hear anything? And of course, we both at that point jumped up because we both had heard, heard what he had heard. Um, he went through the house. My dad is a big man. I've never known him to be scared of anything in my life, um, and hit, to watch him be frantically searching through the house to try to find something and make sure all the doors and and windows were locked. Yeah, really, with his with his shotgun. That that scares me more than anything mm-hmm. because that lets you know something was real and it was in our house that night. Um, my dad, a few days later, I think it was a few days later. I can't remember the exact time period, but had a had a, almost crashed crash and, and almost got killed. He feels like something was warning him. But to this point, that's that's all we know. Now I never saw anything. My brother and I were were, we were. My dad gave us a twenty-two rifle beside the bed for the rest of the night, but there was no sleep that night. So yeah. <laughs> that's the lead-in of, of things that I feel like I've always had attachment or something in my life mm-hmm. that maybe led up to where I'm at with that watching.
0: What a way to start out the book too with these specific stories. Uh, the the let's go back to the creature in the woods one. This okay. voice one. <clears throat> For whatever reason, this one this one freaked me out. um yeah. it's and it's it's interesting because it is one of those paranormal shared experiences and in that it is undeniable that it happened. Yeah and you know, you can be skeptical all you want, but that there was nobody there. There was nobody there. It was a voice, a faceless voice. Yeah. and your father, who couldn't be scared of anything, was frightened. Yeah. um and and you boys heard it of course um this uh the the creature in the woods uh you just said you didn't get a good look at the face but you saw these eyes
1: eyes only I remember it to this day um the eye I, I didn't see anything I heard the crunching of leaves um if you're a hunter then you you know when deer are coming up things like that I hunted as a in, the, in my youth um but I could hear it crunching the leaves coming down the hill But I was half asleep. I could hear my dad. He had had a new girlfriend at the time. I could hear them. They they had put the tent up off the uh, off the lake area and he was down near the water. So they were down there, probably frolicking, having you know, just uh, enjoying their time. But but the kids were all in the tent asleep. And so when this thing come down, it literally came around the tent. It knew the tent was there. It probably knew something was odd about the tent being there because it was you know something not me wasn't familiar with or or she whatever it was. But it stood face to face with me. And again, I only saw the eyes. I went, my eyes were blurry. I couldn't see anything. That was pitch dark. Um, you're in the middle of an area that's in a embankment that's lower than I mean it's probably below the, below the, the, the plane of, of, you know, the earth literally being in a dark area, but I mean, you couldn't see anything, but I saw the eyes mm-hmm. and then I watched it turn and walk off.
0: Okay. So you would say they were, they were illuminated. They were literally
1: yep. glowing. Yeah. That was the weird part because I could only see eyes, but I could see the eyes and it, yeah. was, a car, it was a green or red. I can't remember which color eyes are at this point, but I, they were, they looked dead at me. Okay. We were, we were just not even maybe feet, maybe inches. And the
0: the walking sound, the crunching of the leaves. I mean, would you would you guess that it was bipedal? Was it a bipedal it was,
1: sound? It was two feet walking. It wasn't four feet. You could tell it was one person or whatever it was walking up the hill. And I I followed the sounds in terror. Um, I did holler for my dad, and my dad said, "You know, go back to sleep." So he wasn't, and I didn't tell him at that point what I was watching or what I was hearing. But mm-hmm. I think I made it walk off when I when I screamed for my dad. So that that was a, that was a scary part. We were below a mountain or a hill, I guess, and and you could hear it as it walked off and walked back up the hill away from the tent.
0: Have you um, have you looked into that area in, at all as far as like other people's experiences with?
1: I didn't think anything about it. I was a kid and and at this point, as I got older, I've had so many experiences that I just feel like there's things out there. We don't know. And you know, um, that it really, whatever it was, was at that point, I don't know if it was demon demonic or anything like that, of the things that have hit me in the, you know, in future events, but I do know that it was something that was there watching me, you know, and it it had its its zone on me. And maybe because I was the only one that was high enough laying on the cot, when I sat up on that cot, I was almost face to face with it.
0: Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I don't know what I would do. I would be screaming for <laughs> for somebody. <too. laughs> we all like to think we'd be brave in those situations. But, uh, yeah. Well, you know, we
1: see those movies that people have tense and they see a shadow and they go, oh, you know, screaming. I think, you know, that happened to me. And so I I, I I was too sleepy to really do or think anything other than holler for my dad, you know, scream for my dad. Um, but it was uh, it was terrifying at that point because I went lay back down and I literally was trying to go to sleep and thinking, OK. And, and you try to think, OK, that was probably just a hunter, you know, or something like that. But there was no way anyone that would be at, that, at Crooked Creek Cemetery. And if anybody's near the big Sandy or Paris, they're going to say, yeah, I would never go in that area. Oh, okay. That's pretty freaky. Because all the tombstones don't even have, most don't even have writings. I remember me and my brother and and other kids, you know, playing on the cemetery tombstones and things like that. And I always thought maybe that could have started my whole career, you know, career problems
0: mm-hmm. okay okay like it had it had like an energetic imprint on you you think you
1: know i've thought that we talked about my brother and i talked about this about a year ago we talked about yeah it you know maybe we you know you hear note, walk on the dead and, and you know pay respect to the dead and we were kids we didn't know any better um but i remember that one point and that was right down the hill before we went to bed that night we were you know having a big time so you know it's always an opportunity there for something to step in
0: yeah. Okay. Okay. So uh, how old were you when that took place?
1: About 11 or 12.
0: 11 or 12. Okay. All right. Very early on. So from, from that point forward, um, what, what other kinds of like, like what clued you into, Oh, maybe something, you know, started in those early years. What's, what's following you?
1: So the next year, and, I, and to this day, I'll, I'll say this probably through the whole podcast. Um, I literally, um, have a hard time sleeping at night because there's we 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 still don't know that it hadn't followed me um but every time you hear a crick or a pop or a snap you know it wakes you another the night um but the, but but the next real real event was the event with where my dad and we got scared that night um there were things happening at that house where if I was the only one there I would sit out on the curb until a, when the family members got home and I can't really describe the feeling other than the fact that I just had this feeling don't don't stay in the house Um, and this was the same house that my dad in the same neighborhood that, that the dead watching house, uh, is, but, but that night that that happened to my dad, he thinks something was trying to warn him that he was going to have that accident. Um, I don't know, but that was the only really event. Now I remember we, we left our hamster one night, my dad and mother right before he, she moved out. I remember them going to watch, um, what's the movie with the, with the, um, uh, the Exorcist. The son. They, uh-huh. they had, I remember them going to watch that. We wanted to go and they were like, no, nah, you can't go. And and I remember them coming back and we had a hamster in a cage. And that hamster, it was real cold one night. I have no idea. I only remember this as a child because I, this, I probably was nine or ten at this point. Um, but the hamster had burned up. When they got home, the hamster was cooked fried. They had had a heater for it, but it wasn't close enough. And they were, I remember them talking about it and staying away. So that was really weird that that happened on the same night that they got home from the exorcist. Um, mm-hmm. We weren't at the house. We were at babysitters. And they came and got us and brought us back. And then we literally, uh, our hamster was dead. And we were, you know, they didn't really share a lot of information other than the heater may have been too close. But that's yeah. really a weird thing. I don't think I put that in the book, but that was a really weird. It, it
0: was in the book. And, oh, okay. and it was nice. it was interesting, too, because you're, I think it was your father. In that story that the like like they'd been talking about it or like worried about it like yeah. and and kind <clears> of <throat> went home real quick to like oh you know like they had already yeah. known yeah. that oh something's something's wrong or something yeah. might be wrong yeah. yeah yeah okay all right and then there's a really fascinating story that you get into kind of kind of the 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 next uh big creature encounter um and this took place uh once you moved out of your your childhood
1: home is that right yes so i'm gonna say this was of all events now the dead watching book had a, 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 numerous events and i we'll talk about several of those but but my father and i or my, i moved out um moved my father to mansfield tennessee when he had my mother uh, divorced a couple of years later he'd had the accident we sold the house and my dad bought a a, a house in mansfield tennessee which is close to paris In that area i was in my teen years so uh, i think i was a freshman in high school we moved there and had a lot of stuff that happened in that in that house again things that followed me i don't know um there's several little small events that happened but but the biggest events happening in that area were you know some some scary stuff where the porch situation where i had to walk through the creatures that were standing on the porch i don't to this day i don't know what that was Mm. um i literally know i was by myself that night but i wasn't I don't know if I was scared enough to where I walked through, but I had to park them to go through. I remember it was just shadowy creep figures all across the front of the porch and we had a deck. And so that was, that was pretty, uh pretty scary. I had to go in my bedroom that night and I watched the ceiling fan until I fell asleep. But I, I met, mean, you know, of course, having the few things before that uh, led up to it, but pretty, pretty terrifying at that point also. Yeah.
0: Those figures, those, you would call them
1: shadow figures? Shadow, shadow figures would be the best. I had not seen anything like that and still that, that time had not see anything but um 10 to 12 probably across the porch it looked like you were standing side by side watching me and my buddy we had been out rent, uh, driving and I got home late that morning and my dad nobody was there um I, I get off and uh, it's on like a Friday or Saturday night get get off the morning early morning and, and get ready to walk through and see them sitting there and basically just stop and stare and trying to figure out is that people I know is it you know what is it so um I had to go through them so that was mm-hmm. kind of scary mm-hmm. um they you know i I don't even remember if they parted or i pushed through or whatever went straight to my bedroom okay and
0: then um following that is i don't want to jump ahead because there's so many uh, there's so many instances um and we won't cover them all because we still want to we want to leave some for the listeners some juicy bits Uh, um but following that after you left home you 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 found your independence you're like i'm done <laughs>
1: yeah. so so yeah this was and this was the the, the scariest of probably everything in the book um uh, again this was a precursor to dead watching but um I, I moved in with my mother i called my mother and and i really lived in Mansfield, tennessee it was about 30 miles i had a school bus had to come get us at five in the morning that's how far away from school we were mm-hmm. so i want to move back to, to my hometown of dyersburg tennessee and so i literally um that you know call my mother and said, hey, I, I really like, I'd really like to move in with you. And and uh, I didn't know how it was going to be because she had moved away and gotten remarried. Uh, my stepfather, whom, whom I adore now, he has passed away, but but one of the most beneficial people that have ever been in my life, um, he said, yeah. And so I moved in with them about 16, um, 16, 17 years old, um, still in high school. So um, it was, uh, I think I was a senior at that time. And moved in and we had gotten in, I was kind of a little party animal at that point. I moved in with them and kind of got a little crazy. You know, some people get to those parts in their life and got a little, got the wrong crew I was running around with and, um, and just was enjoying life. And I came home one night and my mother, um, I had been, uh, drinking as a, as a kid does stupid things and, and she wasn't happy with me. And so, um. That night I stormed away and you know wanted to be the man and, and leave. I had a, I, I was working at a job at that point and I said you know what I'm I'm man enough to move out and I moved out and I slept in a parking lot actually a school parking lot that night. And, uh, and 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 uh, the next day I went to work and and was talking and this is in the book in detail but was talking basically to a friend of mine he said hey there's a there's a apartment complex I live in it's a boys' home and it's the only boys that live there and the lady's really strict but but it is something you know she may have something open and but he made the disclaimer and I really really started to learn to listen to people a little more at that point when he told me do not go to the top floor do not go in the attic space if she has she has rooms up there don't go um i didn't listen i was you know i was the big bad son that just was ready to take on the world so um at that day i got off work went and saw the lady and she said oh i do have one and it was on the top of course it was on the top floor the only thing she had uh rules were couldn't have girls over i had to be careful when i you know i'd be dressed if i come down to take a shower um and then there was uh she did tell me that there was a, a roommate i would have but he would never be there so i had the whole top floor to myself it was a trucker a truck driver and he would sleep on one side of the room and i would sleep on the other and of course again i didn't care i had a bed and it had a dresser and so it was pretty exciting for me to be able to to pack up my bag, one of the few things I grabbed when I left and start my start my living my life. Um and uh, you know the pretty exciting part is I the part of the book that people will love. And I lived there one one day. So that'll <laughs> tell, you, tell you a lot about the book. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was it was a it was a turn and burn <laughs> type <laughs> living situation. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so what did you think about the the event that happened there? I mean, did you did you
0: Oh uh, you know, it's it's one of those uh, high strangeness events yeah. that you just kind of have to take it at its word because it's just so strange. And and I I don't think I've I've heard any other stories quite like that. Like it's a very specific entity or creature that you encountered. Yeah. Um, and like I said, you know, these are one of this is one of those stories. It's like straight out of a horror film. You know, it's what you imagine in your worst nightmares. Yeah. So I you know, I, I I, was just like I was probably reading it like
1: like just mouth open. Like so this house, this boarding house was across from a cemetery. I was, I'm sorry, across from a funeral home. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't know if that had anything to do with it. Things that bothered me. It was a different event because it was a creature instead of a, a person mm-hmm. or, or, you know, they're all creatures, I guess. But but this one waking up to that not that morning um you know that was pretty terrifying and then to go to the mirror and see what I saw
0: you know that mm-hmm. was,
1: that was pretty crazy and getting to work and then people talking to me about that um I, I will never forget those that day because all the cuts um all these ellyir hanging there but all the cuts that, that that night let me know to move out
0: yeah yeah it it banged you up pretty good whatever it was.
1: Yeah, I was I was done with that place. I thought that I would leave that to somebody else. But the yeah. reason that was open all the time and that guy didn't show up and live there.
0: Right, right. Yeah. You never met your roommate. Nope. Well, what uh what what do you think uh for yourself about that situation? Like have you thought back on it and 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 thought, well, you know, maybe it was like a, a very visceral dream and and then I scratched myself on something, or do you think back on it like, no, this is I know what happened. This so- happened.
1: Great question. At at that, at this period, you know, with things that have happened to me, it's it always stayed in my mind. Could have been a dream, but what happened to my mouth? You know, how can you dream that happened to your mouth? And then when I wake up, go to work, so I was still half asleep at that that job. Um, which was a pretty crazy job. I, I mentioned in the book. I, I believe I mentioned in the book that that my first job as an adult was making grenades for the government. So that was a grenade job. Twelve hours a day, seven days a week. So my mind was in disarray at that point, and I was always tired. Um, of course, that, that night I had been really, really tired, and and you know didn't get much sleep. But to, to have the wounds on my mouth. You know, it couldn't be a dream when you when you see that when I get to work and everybody sees the cuts on my mouth, that was pretty, uh, pretty devastating. And and not to be I didn't share that event with anybody other than the guy that knew. And then he said, you moved in up there, didn't you? You know, he didn't know. I I couldn't wait to get there the next day to tell him, hey, I'm your roommate, you know, and and he knew. So so that lets me know that there's something there. Um, Mm -hmm. He warned me. He he warned me before that. And so, uh, you know, I deserve what I got
0: oh wow <laughs> oh your, your your dreams of Independence were dashed very quickly uh and what a way yes. to what a way to do it too all right well you know what I I don't want to give any more away of those early stories um my my listeners need to pick up a copy of the book to see those for themselves but I think that, there lays a very good foundation and, and gives the audience this, this understanding that this is stuff, uh, it's extreme stuff that has happened throughout your life. So that lays the foundation to get into the house. Let, let's, let's talk about the kinds of events that were taking place in this house and, and the 10 year span of time that you and your family put up with this.
1: Okay. Sure. Yeah, my, my wife, uh, I wanted to be with us on the podcast because she can share some things. You know, there's so many of uh, the book is full, full of things that happened at this house. Um, we uh, we bought the home. I watched this home being built. So a lot of people say, well, was it a scary home? Was it dark? Was it, you know, damp looking? It was a normal home. Um, uh, I'm going to say a ranch style home because that's kind of what it what it is. Um, but but the home wasn't in, in any way scary at any point. when We bought the home um I, I played wiffle ball as a child i played i told you we lived in that same neighborhood uh, with kids before that home was built it was built early 70s and so nothing nothing scary would make you think uh it, it had anything wrong with the home we moved in it had what looked like it had a long driveway but it looked like the basement area and i'm gonna call it the basement area because that's what we call it but it looked like maybe a carport that was made into a living structure and so it had, it had features in there now my wife at that time smoked it had a little room out the at the very front um that she would go in and smoke and I'm you know I have an asthmatic she did well enough to stay away from me and she would go in that room and we had a vent vent in that room to where she couldn't you know she could stay in that room but it was connected to this basement area it was really a a really nice area we had a small freezer in there and we had a computer desk and computer and basically we kept just um, overflow stuff in that room um but later on down the line we really feel like that's where this thing lived or stayed or, or resonated
0: Okay, this this den kind of kind of living area. Or it, yeah. this was the den.
1: Well, it was a it was a living area for my mother-in-law. We'll get to that part shortly. Oh, okay. um, we moved her in, and that was big enough for her to, to make a living area. Um, so it was a pretty good sized den. We just used it again for overflow, and we had a big rack of things that we took down and that you know just to keep the house from getting clutter cluttery. But but it was also connected to my son, my oldest son's room, and he was ten at the time we moved in. He's twenty eight now, so it tells you. It you know, gives you a good time frame there, also. But but he, I'll tell some stories about him. Things happened to him. He was not the child to say, "Oh my God, I'm scared," or, um, you know, "Something's freaking me out." He would never do that. He was really a docile child, one of the, of the quietest children you'd ever meet. Um, but when things started happening, we didn't tell the kids. Um, at first, we weren't sure what was happening. You know, things would scratch on the roof. There was no tree above the roof, but things would scratch on the roof. Things would um, knock. Um, things would do just crazy stuff that wasn't anything other than, ah, oh, that's just the wind or, that, you know, those kind of things at the beginning. And I can't tell you how many years before we really started taking notice. Um, it was a couple, I believe. I think there was a couple years there before we really saw, okay, that, this is not normal.
0: Right. Isn't that strange how even even if you do have these kinds of experiences, the first impulse um, for most people, I I have to guess, um, and I'm the same exact way, is to try to be skeptical about it, be logical about it, you know, or or just kind of brush it aside. Oh, okay, yeah, this is weird to happen, but you know, brush it aside until you're years into an experience, and and you finally look back and think, boy, that uh, there was some strange stuff going on there. That like it was a lot. Yeah, yeah. and when you can finally conceptualize that, put it all together. Um, Yeah, I I have a haunted home uh, in my childhood as well that I didn't realize for decades later. uh, And when I could look back and say, wow, that, that was far stranger than anywhere else that I ever lived. There was obviously something taking place there
1: yeah we, we we wrote it off we we didn't you know even the things in my childhood with uh, when i married when carrie and i got married we didn't think anything about them um other than just you don't know, believe what happened today or this is so weird you know those kind of things yeah and then once they get to a head though they things that you really can't explain that it becomes you know challenged at that point
0: yeah because things started happening to you and your family members that could not be ignored yep right
1: Watching, you know, I know I had my things in my childhood, but my father in law, so he has since passed, uh, Brother Billy Michael, he He's Carrie's father and great guy. We loved him to death. Um, and he he um, would tell us things he'd say, as a pastor, he'd say, You something's wrong, or you have some things going on. And they would come over and play cards with us and things. And he would always have this really weird feeling wasn't scared because he was, you know, God's, God's creature, so he knew that you know, God was always protecting him and us. Um, we're Christians. But we were watching carrie and i made the really big mistake and we to this day we don't watch anything that has spirit anything demon anything that's um we just don't watch scary movies anymore and it was because my father-in-law looked at me one day and he said robbie son i want to tell you something he said um you know you to quit watching that show you're watching because you're going to bring something in your home and so we we laughed it off we thought it was kind of well you know he's just trying to protect us or scare us and uh, he was always extravagant anyway but but you know we feel like what we did we were watching a sh- a show called paranormal state loved it it was about some penn state students that would go around and 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 they would find orbs um but they want that we watched this one show and and after this one part was when things really started going crazy um they had a show called 666 and it was really uh, if anybody wants to, i i don't recommend anybody watching i'm going to promote that because even though it's a great show to us we liked it that was when things started happening and you know, people say don't bring a Ouija board in your house. It was that kind of effect on us. And so once that happened, my father-in-law said, you know, you've you've invited something in and now you've got to contend with it.
0: Do you do you think that um everybody would fall under that that kind of general rule? Or do you think uh things like that affect people more than others like if i watch a scary movie i i don't necessarily think i'm attracting anything you know i'm it's an enjoyment thing blah 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 but in your case like you specifically saw things take a turn yeah. when as you were watching the show
1: i don't think people need to to, to mess with their occult in any <laughs> way um of any shows i've watched anytime i watched some biography channels things like that um i've seen things that it shows the same thing happened to them so i do know that there's you know, you're up that door. Uh, if you do that kind of thing, expect something to happen. Some people, and especially nowadays, which will let you know that we're, close. I I feel like we're at the end of times. I think things have gone really awry. I think uh, Satan has taken over the world. I think things are going crazy. If you look around at any social media site now, you'll see all the dancers, all the you know comedians, all the actors. Those guys, they have this special thing, um, that, thing that that connection. And I, th- I, you know, think I know it's out there. That's why we stay away from it now. Um, we're watching these things happen. Um, I don't know if you ever watched the show, and I watched it again yesterday, which is really funny. But you remember the show with Roddy, 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 Roddy Piper called They Live from the '70s. Did you ever watch the show? no huh. so, you, so you've got to watch the show one of my favorite b movies of all time maybe even close to a c but roddy roddy piper was a uh, was a wrestler back in his head He's my grandfather I loved him he loved Roddy roddy piper and i love him too and i'm not a wrestling fan but i was at that point but but he has a show there's a show called they Leo. again it's got some famous people in the movie but it's so b movie but it's so good but what it tells is shows it shows creatures, aliens or whatever. Um, and you can only see them with these glasses that these people invented. So there's things around us that we don't know. Um, the signs up on the show say, obey, listen, watch more of this, you know, things like that. And when you put the glasses on, you could see the signs and you could see the people's real faces that were, you know, creatures. Um, but I I really feel like in my life, it's kind of close to that, that. That may not be, you know, a lot of times we see movies that are so close to, hey, that happened. Mm-hmm. You know, that that, this really could be that movie, you know, those kind of things. Um, and I feel like those will make, you know, we won't watch anything anymore like that because we haven't had anything follow us in the last, I'm going to say, you know, five, eight years. Uh, we moved to Washington. We never had anything follow us here. But but cricks and packs and pops on the floor and people come in the door, we, they startle us every minute, you know. So we brought it in. Um, my father-in-law said we did, and I felt like he was right, and, I, and he was a man of God, so who am I to, to say maybe he didn't know what he's talking about, but I really feel like after watching that one episode, uh, things took a turn for the worst.
0: Okay, okay, you you uh, you answered a question I, I was thinking about asking. Uh, I wanted to know, since you guys left this home, if anything had continued, if the activity had ceased, and it sounds like Yes, it has ceased it's, for we the most have,
1: part. we have pops, we have things happen. Um our house has a when winds come up in the Pacific Northwest, which they do often, we have something upstairs that I haven't went up there to look for, <laughs> but there's some popping upstairs. But I, I, I I'm almost hundred percent sure that's the wind. Um, but we haven't we haven't looked, we we write it off. My wife sleeps every night with earphones in her ear. She has music or something playing in her ear every night. And um, you know, I had to buy her some new ones the other day because she said I cannot sleep at night, so we still bring this stuff with us, but I don't think it followed us. Maybe we we, we joke about the fact we moved so far away now it didn't have any way to get here, but, <laughs> but I think that there's always a portal somewhere, but we're not letting it in or giving it an opportunity. Let's say that,
0: yeah, yeah, you know, with, with that on that note, um, like like opening the door. And uh, that might be something different for everybody. I mean, who knows? But I I certainly know a lot of people who feel that way about the Ouija board, specifically, that 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 opens some kind of doorway, some portal gives permission for the stuff to come right in. So uh, I
1: understand there's not enough money to pay my wife or I to put a Ouija board in our house. We, <laughs> when you, when you've experienced these things, you know, it exists yeah. and joke about it. I remember people telling me, we had a couple friends and they were like, let me come over and do a seance in your house. Or, you know, we didn't do that. Uh, and I put in my book, we watched that paranormal state and they told us how to get rid of that i don't know if you remember that part of the chapter um but they told us what to do to get rid of this entity in that house and and that caused a a big problem so we didn't follow any further oh
0: right yeah yeah you took the advice from the show and and tried and then it got way worse
1: so don't take the advice of some kids (laughs) in in college telling you how to get rid of a spirit in your house so
0: well at that point um and and we we can we can talk about maybe another story too before we wrap to to give my audience a, a a bit more insight into the house but at that point things had gotten really bad like i think at that point you you had been physically assaulted we'll call it that um why didn't you
1: call in a priest well that was the question people Mm ask but if we knew if penn state people if those kids and i say kids they were they were grown teenagers if if we did that and we made it so angry by just telling it to get out if we made it so angry what if we brought a priest and it didn't work because it was at that point, Carrie and I would be having rela- adult relations. And it literally a couple of times took me by my ankles and jerked me off the bed. So once you have something physically doing those kind of things, do you really wanna take a chance? Because a priest's gonna come and they're gonna leave and then we're by ourselves. And, and i I've thought about that. At that point, it had calmed down a little bit um, and we had learned to, to co- coexist with whatever that was. Um, but we were just terrified that what if we did do this and brought somebody in and they made it worse.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a valid fear. It's a valid concern. Absolutely. Yeah. That's especially fine. when you could see how bad it could get.
1: Yeah. It, it got worse when we tried to make it leave, you know, what to tell it, um, you know, the, the paranormal state people thought, they said, well, if you got this entity, if you're firm and let them know they're, they're not, they're supposed to go to the light, go back, you know, go across and, and, and transition that they haven't done that. If you'll tell them that they must leave. Well, that's, that's not true.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, we, uh, we're we getting close to the end. I'd, I'd love, would you share with us uh, just one more story from the house, just something that's really memorable and, and we'll leave it on that story.
1: Okay, perfect. I'll share the story of my mother-in-law. Um, we talked about our den area we moved my mother-in-law and she was having some money struggles uh, being in uh, uh, older older um and we needed to help her out so we, we thought we were doing her a favor at this point it was early on we didn't realize i think at that point we weren't i don't remember where exactly we were in the story but it was it was in the beginning uh, we moved her in the den where this thing was um and now and let me also say that there was not just a demon we do know one was demonic there was no doubt our mind but we also had a spirit in the home of a little girl and read the book and have people read the book because that part's really fun. There's some fun things in there also. It wasn't it played with my daughter. She was uh, two and three at the time. So there was some things also, the little spirit, of the little girl. Um, but the demon part was really terrifying when we brought my mother in. Um, I gave her a, a recliner, we put her a TV downstairs. We it was this was the same room where my where my computer existed. We moved my computer up, upstairs and um we put her bed in and slowly and surely she started changing. Um she just started getting to the point where something was taking over her body and um my father-in-law her ex-husband he literally told me that he was on the phone with her and he said robbie your your mom is possessed i know at this point she's possessed and we knew we kind of knew already also um but to give the readers a couple scary stories she will tell you today she never lived with us she doesn't remember the idea of of the situation at all um but she would come up to dinner and we cooked dinner every night and she'd come up to dinner and we'd sit at the table and she would walk up the four or five steps to get to to the to the house area and to the table and walk real feeble and slow. Her eyes would always be real dark. She'd sit down and many, many, many times she would start choking with her head back like she was going to the needed to Heimlich maneuver. I literally got up behind her several times and she would look and growl at us and pretty scary. At that point, you know something's not right. Um and then um I don't know if you want me to share the whole story, but but the parts where she had to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. Um I'll scare this share this part really quick. Uh Carrie calls. She says you gotta come home. She's crying, she's screaming. My mother in law's in the den. Um her feet are turned in. So, well, she called me and said, Robbie, I said, call nine one one, I'm on my way. I was only a couple minutes from home and I I'd like to you know, had a wreck getting home. I get home and she's laying back in the recliner. Her feet are inter- just twisted inside. Her hands are turned where I don't know how they could even bend that far. Her eyes are rolled back to whites. Basically, you see, you know, pupils uh, and she's flowing at the mouth and she's sitting there shaking. And so I'm grabbing her while we're in the ambulance came in right behind me. Luckily, I had about 20, 30 seconds, less than a minute before they came in the door behind her and they took her off. But but it was the most scary. I was trying to shake her, wake her, and it didn't know what was going on. Uh, again, that could be anything. You know, people say, well, that could be anything. It could, but there's more things that that, that happened to this event. They come get her. They take her to the, emer- the emergency room. They put her in ICU. She's, she's unresponsive. She's comatose. Mm-hmm. Um, she's comatose, and I can't remember how long. I say a couple of weeks, but I'm not sure exactly how long it was. But they finally, she was on Medicare, Medicaid. Um, and so they told the hospital, if she can't stay on there, she, we're going to have to pull her off there when she was on life support at that point. They had the family get ready. They said, bring the family in because, um, you know, we're going to have to pull her off the ventilator. And so we all, I remember this. I, I didn't really, I didn't want to be in the room that was such a small room and she was still in ICU. The family gathered around the bed. She's sitting there. Uh, my, my wife and I was sitting there all holding hands and getting ready to take her off. And she goes, what are y'all doing here? Oh, and so pretty, pretty scary when things like that happen. That, that you know and my wife can tell you the same story you know I'm I'm I haven't remembered my book I haven't written anything in my book in you know many years how, how I wrote this thing but I can tell you today how how vivid it was in my mind and how because we saw it when you live it you're never going to forget it um we didn't <laughs> we didn't move her back in and we found her a place um and to this day I'll tell I'll tell um listeners we have a recording of just about a month ago um and and you know we I let some people listen to it in the past, but we still think that it's connected to her now. So Okay. What uh uh the re- what's the recording? So you didn't get to hear that. Um Amy at the post office, you can ask her. Um, oh <laughs> so I let Amy listen to the recording of, of my wife talking to her one day. So my wife's sister calls and says, Mom is acting really funny, you gotta you gotta talk to her. And so we call her and we recorded the conversation because it was so eerie. But she literally now on occasion, starts if you if you let her drift off and and not talk to her if she's not talking, she'll start doing incoherent speech. I guess that's the best way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so scary is maybe this. you hear people talking in tongues. That's mm-hmm. what you hear. Um, and I've got it on a recording and I played it. If uh, you ever get a chance to listen to that, I can play it for you. Um, but may, you may not want to hear it though, because it will set a tone in your mind by the way. People have heard, have a, if I've told them this story and they've read my book, they won't listen to this, but this part will really, it, it'll concrete evidence that something's wrong and something happened. And, and this really was a true story.
0: Okay. Yeah. You, you ever thought about putting that up, uh, online with like a, a link, a scannable link in the book and, and then people can be brave if they, if they want to hear it.
1: So you're the first one, and we talked earlier. You're the first one that's done anything in this book. We haven't. Uh, my publisher did get a um, a request for me, and and did send me a, an email one day and said that somebody was looking making a movie about this because it's pretty interesting. You know, I can't see. Uh, there's a lot of movies out there that are a lot less intriguing than than what's happening in my story. But um, but we haven't. And there's a reason I haven't done done a lot. Who's just out there? Um, Carrie and I talked. She never said anything about it. But but we felt like there was a little a little situation where. Maybe I didn't ask her permission to put her mom in the book. And I always got scared that since I, I didn't use her name, but I always got scared that maybe if I do too much with her mom, you know, am I am I going over that line of family, you know, trust? And so sure. so I've done this. I've let people hear it. I don't say her name and they don't know anything about my mother-in-law. But, you know, but the fact that I have it and I haven't got rid of it, it's definitely a a, a cool thing to have
0: yeah yeah for sure um definitely just something to kind of corroborate your experiences yeah. too in those times uh how is your how is your mother-in-law now is she did she get better after leaving was it
1: she's like, always happened, right? we felt we feel like she's always had something attached to her um she's had a rough life she's older um but she's she's had rough experiences now we don't keep up with anything other than the fact of what we know about um but we we now live in Washington which is you know 2200 miles away from her so we don't spend a lot of time with her um but there are those you know every, every, every once in a while there's those moments that we had the recording we don't record anymore that one was enough um because I went to thinking you know we inviting it back in you know by being you know doing this so you just got to be scared you know careful that you may bring something back and do something that's that's going to cause this thing to start all over again. And we couldn't handle that again. I think we're done with that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, you you don't want a repeat of any of this. Just, uh, sometimes it's better to just leave well enough alone. Right. Well, uh, that was uh I, I really appreciate that, just sharing that with all of us. I know that there is so, so much more um to the story, but that that was a really good just kind of peek into everything that you have experienced throughout your life and and definitely this home, which stands out, um, something uh very sincerely scary and 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 highly strange was taking place there. Uh, but I think. That would be a good place to leave off there. Uh, let's go ahead and go into our final segment, final questions, final thoughts, and then we will close it out. Sounds great. So, first question, you did kind of answer this a little bit, so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna tweak it a bit. Um, the question was, well, because most people are not going to experience these types of things at the level that you have throughout your life, so my question was more so about like, do you think it's attracted to you? Like, are you the common denominator? And I'm going to tweak it to say, because when we talk about, okay, pre-house and then post-house, obviously something very special was taking place in this house. And, and even on the land, like this was in the same neighborhood as you had those other experiences. And yet you are still experiencing these things throughout your life pre-house. So how how do you think that works in general where where do hauntings uh reside how how do they attach do they attach to people do they attach to land is it the materials of the house like like what fosters a haunting
1: uh you know that's a good question uh i'm not sure if do i think it was attached to me yep but well, i had too many experiences to say that it didn't attach to me in some way um but I think you also invite things in at that point of all parts of my life. I watched scary stuff. I, I didn't care about demonic movies were great. You know, ooh, I, I can't, you know, I can get enough of those things. I even remember doing the mirror mirror on the wall as children, as kids. And so we did those a lot. So I do, I think it can, it, it can happen to anybody. I really do. Um, do I think I'm a child of God and something special with me? Probably. Um, my son just in, in, in answering that question, when we, would take pictures of him he would have orbs above his head if he was by himself mm-hmm. but if he had someone sitting beside him and we did that test then no orbs uh, so something was protecting him and i don't know if it's in our our history our past if there's anything crazy you know a lot of people say you know did you do history and stuff i really didn't do a lot of stuff because of it the more i've dug and the more i i felt like i opened the doors i could open the doors
0: all right uh, next question what is the main thing that you hope folks take away after hearing your story?
1: Um, stay away from anything demonic. If it's it's not a joke. Um, we took it as a joke. Um, again, when I was a child, when I was young, I was one of those kids that laughed at it. I thought it was funny. Um, we were Christians. We've always increased in our life, but not practicing Christians to the point where we knew that we could be safe so i think people that make a joke out of it people that don't believe in it people that really chastise it they don't understand what they're doing and once you get this thing connected to you um it can use you and and we know that because we saw it so it's it's i just think the best thing i can tell you is people stay away from it don't watch these shows um listen to podcasts like this know that it's out there don't make it where you know that's this is all it's not really true because it is um i, I would give my life telling people and every day tell people that this is something you need to watch out for i think my situation lets us know okay there's things like this that are happening around us so you know god is real you know because if this were rampant all over the world our world being chaos, something has it boxed. But I think if we do like things like I did watch shows and do things like that and laugh at it and, and you know provoke it, it, it can come alive. And it did with my, my life and my family.
0: All right. And final question for you. If you had to go back to the day that you first moved into that house, what would you have done differently?
1: Move out. If we, if we had known, <laughs> Um, it took us, you know, 10 years. People say, uh, you know, and I'm not gonna mess the question if you have a question that um why did we live there? Um, why did we stay there? We were a one income family. We didn't have the money for another home, you know, and we couldn't sell the home. We ended up literally, and I don't know if it was, I don't know what the reason was. Uh, you can always, you know, make your own um you know endings of of why we couldn't sell the home. But it took us about three years to sell the home. And um, we ended up paying somebody 500 dollars to take the home. So that tells you when we went to close on the home, we ended up paying $500 more than the, the home was worth. So we, we the home was worth a lot more than we sold it for. But we were ready to get out. I see.
0: All right. Well, that's fair. <laughs> I'd want to leave, too. Uh, where can my listeners find and follow you, Robbie? And where can they pick up a copy of Dead Watching?
1: Well, Dead Watching is done really well. Um, I, you know, self-published but you can find it anywhere now um I've seen uh, and actually outside of the United States I get a pretty good premium when they when they hit when people buy this book you know obviously it's great for the author to make something um but but I get a residual check pretty good now because people are starting to wake up to it it's something that you'll find interesting it's not a long book where people a lot of people don't like read novels it's not a novel book so it's great for those you know people that like to read and maybe a, a whole book in one day um but I will tell you this the um and and I don't have a site to to get the book I really didn't promote it Uh, I wrote the book just to have the memories um and let people know if they wanted to go but you can get it on Amazon you can get it on Barnes and Noble um anywhere now eBay has it um the book used to be around seven eight dollars now it's now it's up to about 25 uh anyway you sometimes can find it 15 to 20 if you're looking hard um but it only shows you know that the higher the cost is is when something's selling so I'm I'm proud of the book I think it's wonderful um I do uh, I do have some ways for people to contact me if they want to contact me and I, I can give my email address. I feel free for you to to share that. Um, I can send them bookmarks, things, some cool things. Um, so it's uh, it's it's cool to have a copy of the book and read it. Um, I'll tell you a really quick, quick thing that we have. a. I, I never shared this with you. Or I don't think I did. But Colfax, lucky me, we moved into a town that has a haunted hospital
0: yeah uh, feel
1: that. so we have a person that gives guide tours at the hospital and it's it's truly a haunted hospital uh St. Ignatius and people can see that online also um but the tour guide bought my book and read five page four or five pages and it down. she to this day has not picked it back up uh, so is
0: that is, that is that
1: Val uh, is that- no that's not Val that's Jessica
0: oh okay I haven't met Jessica so, so we so were we Jessica- were just we were just there at the hospital a couple weeks ago yeah
1: So Jessica is at the hospital and she uh, she bought the book and she won't read it. She's she's but she's a tour guide at the most scariest hospital in the United States. So that tells you something.
0: Yes, it does. (laughs) Well, I'm so glad to hear that uh, it's it's well received and and it sounds like it's getting more and more well received. Um, I'm glad that it's doing well. And uh, that is so exciting to hear that maybe possibly someone's going to. Uh, turn it into a cinematic adventure for us at some point. That'd be great. That would be awesome. All right, Robbie. Well, to wrap us up, to take us out, would you like to leave us with any final thoughts, words of wisdom, or a piece of advice?
1: Well, it's, it's, I always say when I sign, if anyone ever, and I just, just this weekend, um, I, I met a gentleman and he said he'd love to have a book for his grandson and they, they needed to bond on some stuff and he loves scary stories. And I always put on there, you know, I don't hang my feet over the bed at night. I always make sure my closet doors are closed. As you said in the, in the beginning of our podcast, I, I literally, I'm always watching. And so when I named the book Dead Watching, it's because I'm always watching and always keeping my ears and eyes open because you, don't ever, you never know what's around. Um, just, just be sane and try not to make bad decisions by following something or making a joke out of something we don't understand. And I think that's the best advice I can give.
0: Robbie Daniels, author of Dead Watching. Thank you so much for joining me.
1: Thank you so much.
0: Thanks to my guest, Robbie Daniels, for joining me today, and thank you for sharing your story with my listeners. If you enjoyed today's guest, follow that link in the notes to pick up your very own copy of Dead Watching. Growing up, hearing others' stories of their personal encounters with the paranormal were some of my favorite moments. It's something I still love, This day. And you don't need to sit around a campfire or press a flashlight up under your chin. No, 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 no. You can do that right here on the Paranorm Girl podcast. Listeners, if you have a story to share, whether it was your encounter with a cryptid or ghostly interactions in haunted homes of your past, or maybe you saw something strange in the sky you can't explain. Or something else entirely. And you would like to be considered to be on the show. Shoot me a message. Paranormgirlpod at gmail.com. It's that easy. Let's chat. I look forward to hearing from you. And if that's not for you, that's okay. You can still stay in touch and keep up with the goings on over here at Paranorm Girl Pod on all socials check out the YouTube channel if you haven't yet. You may be unaware that I produce video versions of these episodes and I post them up over there so you can actually witness the face that owns this voice. (laughs) Lucky you, I know. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Paranorm Girl Pod is where you will find backstage guest chats, early access to video versions of those episodes, and a lot of random, intriguing, paranormally supportive scientific articles and, and reports and really just anything that I find super cool. I'll put it up there. Exclusive to the patrons. That is going to be it for us today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I adore y'all. Have a great week, everybody. Until next time, stay safe, keep the night light on, and sleep with one eye open.